exclusive special looking ahead to the Christmas derbies on this week's Watch Rugby Union podcast. Special about the Welsh derbies, who are the players to look out for, what about the style of play and the style of haircuts. Plenty to talk about looking ahead to the Welsh derbies with Premier Sport pundits Shane Williams and Tom Shank. Starting with the recent good form of the Welsh regions heading into Derby period with Tom Shanklin. The biggest difference for me is having the international players back. I think it makes a, a huge difference to the, the quality of the teams. Certain teams have struggled in the Pro 14 during international periods just because we don't have the strength and depth to compete, say, with the Irish regions. I'd say they're probably you know tier one and uh, and we're all below that really. So the Irish provinces, should I say, are just a class above, I'd say, everyone else in that league. But as soon as we get, you know, our internationals back, and Europe has proven this, it's shown that we can compete. You know, you, you just got to look at Bath Scarlet's game just to see how good the teams are with everyone back and also, you know, the Ospreys wins in the Challenge Cup. So far more positive now for the rest of the season after seeing these last couple of weeks. Yeah, I agree. Agree with Shanks. I always agree with Shanks. I think we need a bit of positivity in our lives, don't we? And yeah, either the fact that the Scarlets are two from two in Europe, be it Toulon didn't fancy the conditions or whatever it was, it doesn't matter. The Dragons have had some good performances on the road, more so in the Pro 14. The Blues have had victories on the road as well. Tough game up in Newcastle. And all of a sudden, the Ospreys seem to be doing particularly well. Again, good wins on the road in the Pro 14. And two from two in the Challenge Cup with full bonus points. Uh, now, we didn't think we'd be saying that, did we, this season, perhaps? And it was a big job for Toby Booth to take over and take him out of the, the dull drums, because that's where it's been, to be perfectly honest with you. But I've been lucky enough, I've, I've watched several of the Osprey games now, and there's definitely a different attitude. Players coming back to form, George North was great on the weekend as well, which was great to see. Players that we don't really know much about coming through, Morgan Morris and, and players like Prothero playing well as well. So there's, there seems to be a little bit of a buzz in the air and we certainly do need it at the moment because it's doom and gloom at times and it's bad news one after the other. We look at domestic game being affected, no leagues or competitions next year as well. Grassroots rugby is going to struggle because of it as well. So we need all the positive news we can get. So we'll take every victory, we'll take every good performance and I think... We're already in a in a much better position than where we where we were in in 2019 or the end of 2020. So um, you know, I'm going to be positive. You touched Shane on um George North. It was, it was great to see him. You know, almost back to kind of 2013 Lions. Well, I know it's one game in the Challenge Cup, but you know, it was positive in the centre against Italy as well. Are you mm-hmm. sensing that that he's perhaps a little bit looking to prove a point? Because some people have questioned his position in the Welsh team, haven't they? But he was excellent the weekend. It gets a bit uh, daunting, doesn't it, when people are asking questions, you know, has he lost his hunger, has he lost his form, has the bottle gone, etc, etc. We've all been there as players, trust me. And, um, you know, it gets a bit overwhelming at times and it does affect your confidence and therefore affects your performances on the field. And we haven't seen the best of George North and I think he knows that. And you, know, you can sense kind of in his interviews and, and his attitude that is, right, you know, I'm not going to listen to the press anymore. I'm not going to worry what people are going to say. I just have to perform on the field. And I've... I think that's the difference now. I watched him against Benetton as well a couple of weeks back in St. Helens. He was much better, you know. He was involved in the game a lot more. The hunger, he's using his feet a lot more rather than trying to run over people. And he was looking great and he looked like he was getting back into form. Therefore, he was selected for Wales, had a good game in the centre 
and obviously against Worcester, especially in the second half, you know, he, he was kind of flirting in and out of the game in the first half. But second half, a couple of great ball carries on the right flank there. Two lovely offloads, cat flaps out the side. You do that when you've got confidence. When you haven't got confidence, you keep hold of it. You make sure you do the tidy things well. And then, of course, he took his try really well. And um, you could see the Worcester defenders just stepping out of his way because they didn't fancy him. They could see it in his eyes that he was ready for that. So um, George North on form is one of the best wingers in the world. And that's what we all want in Wales. And I think who wants that more than anyone else is George. And mm-hmm. you can see that he's trying to get back to that now. And, you know, his interview up in Worcester was, look, I just want to get my hands on the ball. And we haven't heard George say that for a long time. So I think he's not quite there. There's a long way to go with him, really. But uh, you can see he's a bit more hungry than he was perhaps six months ago. I think it was a genius stroke by Wales just to play him at 13. You know, they could have easily gone with the options of of John Davis, especially when um, I think Johnny Williams pulled out. But they stuck with him. And the thing, the way Wales are playing at the moment, wingers aren't seeing much ball. We're not particularly playing a wide game. We're not really dominating up front. So... To be bold and pick him at the centre, I, I thought was really good. And if there's one thing, I, I suppose, with George, sometimes we don't see him being as physical as we want to see him because he is big, because he is powerful. But against Italy, yeah, there was no outside breaks, but he offered himself time after time after time, got Wales on the front foot. And I think that Benetton game and that Wales game against Italy has really kick-started him now. You know, all it needs is one or two games, really, to, to get yourself mm-hmm. back full of confidence, to find your form again. And we saw the rewards then against Worcester. You know, he, he's back playing with confidence. He's hungry for the ball. He realises, I think, after a couple of big carries, you know, you sort of realise, yeah, you actually are a big carry. Yeah, you can do some damage. And we're seeing that. So, real good, bold move by Wales, I think, to, to play him at 13 because we're seeing how good he is again now. If you look at the four regions, could you each pick one player from each of the regions who you're particularly looking forward to watching over this holiday period? Oh, look, I'll start with the Ospreys. You've got a lot of good players coming through now, actually. I've come from nowhere. Really enjoying Prother on the wing there. He looks slighter than I did. He looks about 60 <laughs> kilos, but God, he gets stuck in, doesn't he? He's, he is fun to watch. I really enjoy him. And, and also Kieran Williams, that I'm a big fan of as well. And big stake for, for both those players to put their hands up in these local derbies because they're playing against players that are wearing their red jersey, I suppose. So um, that's exciting for me at the Ospreys. Scarlett's probably something like Stefan Evans. I pretty much pick him every time Scarlett's a play and I really enjoy how he plays. He's gutsy, he comes off the wing, he offers himself inside and outside 10 and is always heavily involved. And, you know, that's why he comes away with so many man of the match performances. The Blues, I think someone like Owen Lynn, you know, he's come back from injury. He had a good game in uh, Rodney Prey a couple of weeks back where he's got a cracking try probably on his first touch of the ball. I want to see him fit and pushing people like George for that shirt. Dragons, local boy to me. I'm a, I'm a big Rodri Williams fan. I actually played with his dad or played against his dad oh, in Victor. So um, <laughs> I'll big him up. He's a good local lad and um, plays in a position where we've, we've got a lot of contenders to play in, this, in the national side, really, haven't we? which is a shame. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with him. Also, honourable mention, Jack Morgan at the Scarlet. I think he's injured at the moment, unfortunately. Mm. Gutted. A local boy to me again, but he's really come up the ranks. They were, again, a, another player who was told he was too small to be a seven. And he's really, you know, stick it up them, as they say. So um, there's a lot of good players coming through in Wales at the moment, I have to say. And I'm looking forward and I'm going to enjoy them playing, all, hopefully, all of them over the uh, Christmas period. I'm going to go Johnny McNichol at the Scarlets. Now he's back fit. I think really unlucky with Wales. 
they were crying out for someone like him in the team, just someone that is different to the mould of winger, not going to stay on your wing. His offloading game, his creative game, is probably the best in that squad. So looking forward to him at Scarlet's. Ospreys, yeah, Shane's mentioned it, a couple of the, the guys I'm looking forward to. Maybe Morgan Morris as well. Heard really good things about him. Like to see a little bit more game time from him, hopefully. Um, at the Dragons, Payne Basham is exciting. Yeah, he does make the odd mistake, but ball in hand. You know, he can be a tank. But I'm going to go old school. Jamie Roberts, I think, has been playing really well for the Dragons. Still life left in him yet. I think he's quite key into the Dragons' attack. He's been making a lot of inroads at 12. He's been far more busy than I've seen him recent weeks, really. So him there. And the Blues, Jared Evans, still think, you know, that there could be a spot for him in Wales. I think he's the most natural attack in 10. We've got fit at the moment. But it's whether or not, you know, there's a bit more to, to rub in and just to be able to attack every single time you get the ball. If he can prove that he can control games and he needs to up his kick percentage off the tee because that's vital at top level, then I'm sure we might see him a little bit more in a red shirt. I'd just like to ask you both about the style of rugby we've seen in the last couple of months because it wasn't great really anywhere in the Autumn Nations Cup. The last couple of weeks I've seen an awful lot of very good rugby. The Bath-Scarlet's game was a, was a really enjoyable match. Just wondering perhaps um, what you think about the style of rugby and how easy it might be to see that over Christmas and then see that transferred into the Wales situation. Yeah, well, the style of rugby, you know, it hasn't been great through the international period. And I think that's because, as I said before, we don't have the strength and depth. Um, We don't have the power games of the Munsters, the Ulsters, the Leinsters, you know, we're we're just below that. So it, it's not been great. I think weather has also played a massive factor in the level of quality we've seen. I can't remember through the last sort of month, there's only been one or two games that have actually been decent quality weather. The Bar Scarlet's been one of them. This weekend, we've been lucky a little bit with the weather as well. So we've seen better games. So you look at the league and the regions, they haven't really performed that well of recent, but I reckon these two weeks of European rugby has just boosted confidence and it's sort of, you know, players are now and teams are now saying to themselves, look, you know, we've actually, with a full strength team, we can compete at top level and we've seen that in the results. So far more confident now with, with players coming back. And I think we'll see some really good derbies over the Christmas period. You know, as we know, it's, it's bragging rights. It's you're vying for positions. Normally it's atmosphere, but at the moment there's no crowds there, which is a shame. And I think don't underestimate the crowd's impact in matches as well. And it's unfortunate we haven't got any crowds in yet, but... You know, you feed off that as players. You know, you feed off the energy at the moment. You're having to create the energy yourself. So that's just sport in general, though. You know, all teams have to deal with it. Football, rugby, rugby league, you know, golf. Everything is is really crowdless at the moment. But certainly over this Christmas period, players, teams, just up it that extra 5-10% because you're playing against mates. You're playing against players who, who have the same position for you internationally. So I think we're going to see, you know, some really exciting derbies. You know, I've been at a lot of these games and uh, sometimes it's a hard 80 minutes <laughs> when you sat there on your own watching a game of rugby and you can hear a pin drop. It is really tough. It's like watching a, a glorified training session at times, despite whatever rugby's been played on the field. I think, you, you know, you ask a, a former player who plays in these local derbies or international matches, the best thing about it for me was the crowd. And that definitely was an extra 5-10% in your performance, I can assure you. So I think that transcends to the TV as well when you're watching it, you know, you, you haven't got that atmosphere. You've got a fake crowd, which doesn't really coincide with what's going on in the field and it just feels false. And I think that's been a big part of 
especially the autumn series, you know, um, of how sometimes perceived to be very boring and very difficult to watch. But a technical thing that has changed the way the game's been played is how the, the breakdown has been refereed or dictated. And we've seen that the refs, as well as the players, has taken time to get used to, do I need to give a penalty here? Do I need to let play on? Do I need to speed the game up? Is the game too quick? And I think sometimes it's, you know, the players and the referees as well have taken time to adjust to that. What we've seen in, in certainly over the last month or so, and certainly in Europe, is referees are just speeding the game up so quickly. They're telling the players, right, we need to get this breakdown sorted. They're telling them before the game, I don't want any messing around, roll out the way. I want the team with the ball to get quick ball. We want to play a nice, open, expansive game of rugby. Let's all enjoy this. And I think that's worked massively. I was at uh, Worcester and, and the Ospreys on the weekend and you couldn't blink because the scrums were done quickly. The breakdown area, you know, ref was coming in, he was giving quick penalties and he was telling the team to get out of the way. The game, even though there was a bit of rain and it was a bit wet, the game was played so quickly, it was much more enjoyable to watch. Therefore, there's more time with teams with ball in hand. And I think perhaps that's something that's been spoken to to the refs to get the game playing quicker. You look at uh, Bristol and Claremont of you look at Toulouse in Ulster, you know, the game is, it just looks like it's in fast forward at the moment as well. And I think that's a big part of it. And that means, yeah, Shanks mentioned wingers aren't seeing the ball much. But God, didn't Matsushima have his hands on the ball? Cheslin Colby, you know, we're getting these players, George North on the weekend, they're getting involved in the game now. And those are the players we want to see with ball in hand. Those are our ticket players, isn't it? No offence to front rowers. But we are, we've seen a, a much quicker game now. And I think it was always going to take time because, you know, you get new rules, you get new laws, you get new ways that the refs are going to referee the game. And I think at the moment, the refs are not far off getting it spot on. And I think it's reflective in the in the way that the game's being played. Could I take you both back down memory lane, ask you for your favourite Christmas derby memories, any match in particular that stands out for you? Yeah, I tell you what, um, the hardest place to go and play on, on Boxing Day on New Year's was Rodney Parade. The crowd were, well, I say awful. They were awful for the Ospreys, but they were great for the Dragons because every slight mistake you did, you know, the whole of, of Rodney Parade was on its feet and screaming at you, which is always very intimidating. But my favourite place to play was Stradie Park. Coming from a, a Clenethy region in Carmarthenshire, and don't tell anyone, but always wanting to play for the Scarlets. To be representing Neath and then the Ospreys down there was always huge. I absolutely loved it. The crowd hated me. They hated the Neath team. They hated the Ospreys. And to get one over on the Scarlets was always, always a big one. And uh, I remember winning in, I think it was 2008, where uh, Hockey scored. I made a, a break down the right-hand side and nice offload. Hands all the way on the back line and Hockey scores in the corner. We beat the Scarlets. That was one of my probably most favourite rugby moments, not only local derbies. That was a huge win for us. And um, for once, we silenced the Stradi Park crowd, only for a bit, but we silenced them for a bit. And always one of my favourite games to play in. I'd probably say Dragons was always a good Christmas derby, especially at home in the Arms Park. You know, they'd always try and do something. They'd always try and like run off the pitch really fast at half-time to show how fit they were. But... They never, they never really ended up winning. I remember one game, Lee, we had Lee Thomas, who was a, a fairly young 12, 10. He was playing at 10. He was against Kerry Sweeney. And Kerry Sweeney kept hitting him really late all the time off the ball. And yeah, after like the third or fourth <laughs> attempt, Kerry Sweeney hit him really late. I jumped on top of Sweeney and, and started hammering his... In, in, in a friendly way, in a friendly way. Nothing too aggressive because he's a good mate of mine. But then after the game, I had... 
loads of texts from all the Dragons boys saying, oh, thanks, well done. We've been desperate to put one into Sweeney for <laughs> about five years. Um, so, <laughs> so that was, uh, I think that was like 2007. But, you know, Chris, Christmas time is just exciting because it's your showpiece. It's, you know, you get the biggest crowds, the biggest viewing figures. It's your shop window to, to show what you can do. Sometimes, just because of the general situation, two teams vying at the top, it's not necessarily the obvious local opponent that are your biggest rivals. Was there ever a time over Christmas where your biggest game wasn't the Dragons for the Blues and the Scarlets for the Ospreys? My biggest games were always the ones where you're playing against opposition vying for that international shirt, really. You know, if you're you're selfish, you know, there there are other games that, that matter to bring you up the league table, but... I'm always in the back of my mind looking at who I'm playing against, who wants to play in that 13 jersey for Wales. So they're the ones I'm really concentrating on because I know, you know, you have to perform, you have to be better than your opposite number. You have to make people, your teammates, the crowd, pundits, all realise that that is why you play for your country. So in the back of my mind, I'm always looking at who's coming up behind me, who are my threats internationally. That would be Ospreys a lot with Sonny Parker at 13. That might be the Dragons with Hal Luscombe, Matthew J. Watkins. So always, always looking at, at 13. It is, you know, your Christmas derbies is your last chance to prove a point to the gaffer in the Welsh team, isn't it? Let's be honest with you. And, um, you know, you, you have a poor game. Personally, for me, if I have a poor game against a Mark Jones or a George North or a Craig Morgan through the Christmas period and you're miserable as sin because you're thinking, oh my God, I think I've just lost my Welsh jersey, you know? So that makes it even more exciting. But for me, um, oh, like I used to love all the games, let's be honest. But uh, Cardiff Blues was a big tester because in, in the early days, there was people like Reese Williams, Craig Morgan that I had to play well against, Tom James, and were, you know, very good players within themselves. And I remember 2005 was a big game for me, big derby for me. We were playing the Cardiff Blues at home. Players like Mike Phillips, Gethin Jenkins, like Shanks was there. Obviously international players, so you have to perform at this level. I remember tackling Mike Phillips in the first couple of minutes of the game and he punched me straight in the eye. And uh, Which, you know, doesn't sound too unfamiliar, to be honest, does it? Mike Phillips kicking off. But uh, the problem was I was getting married on the Sunday. This game was on the just before it. And he deliberately punched me in the eye, so I had a black eye from my wedding photos. <laughs> so that um, that sums up um, sums up Mike Phillips, to be honest with you. But that sums up the local derbies. No one really cares on the field. It's all about getting one over on on your opposition. And and he bought me a beer and apologised for it in my wedding. So it was all right afterwards. Just for shame, for reasons that'll become obvious. You were talking about Steph Evans earlier. You had a few haircuts in your time. Did you ever? Contemplate going that on that route. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I didn't go full mullet. I had a semi. Oh man, two thousand and five. That's near enough a mullet. You look like you look like David Bowie from Labyrinth. <laughs> yeah, no comment. Ah, oh, look. Yeah, I've got full respect for Stephen Evans. I've even mentioned his mullet out of complete respect when I've been commentating with Premier Sports for him. So, um. Yeah, fair play to him. You, you, you've got to have some uh, kahunas to pull that off, Steph. You're doing it at the moment. That's all I would say is don't cut that hair, Steph, because you're playing well at the moment. Let's be honest. But uh, yeah, I've had some dodgy haircuts over the years. It's nice actually to have hair, isn't it, Chance? So I, you can actually do these kind of haircuts. It's a lifestyle choice, mate. It's a lifestyle choice. I could grow it. It's fine. But <laughs> uh, Steph Evans, he looks like Jesse out of Free Willy. I watched it the other day with the kids. 
little guy who trains pretty well. He looks exactly like him. Obviously, supporters love this time of year with the Derby games, but can you just give us a sense of what the Christmas period is like for a player? The Christmas period is my favourite time of the year, anyway, Christmas. So you're always you're always on a high, you're always busting a gut in training. And, and like we've already mentioned, it's it's the, the shop window, whether you're Irish, Scottish, Welsh or English, isn't it? Because you, you are going to have your derbies over, over that period. And it's exciting. So probably my favourite games were, were the games over the Christmas period because... That's when you're you're joyful and triumphant, as they say, isn't it? And uh, and you want to do your best, I suppose. But yeah, it's a tough period as well of rugby because you know you you just come in at the back of your international campaigns. You know you've played a lot of rugby by this period of of the season, and it's also a, an interesting time. It's a time where you don't want to get any injuries because mm. you know you get these injuries during the Christmas period, especially as an international player, the back of your mind is, oh my God, am I going to be fit for the Six Nations? Is the coach going to be thinking, well, you didn't play well against the Scarlets. Perhaps we'll bring Mark Jones in instead or we'll bring Stefan Evans or George North or Lee Halfpenny or Liam Williams in instead of him because he's picked up an injury. And then also on the back of your head, back of your mind is, well, how long am I going to be out injured? And is this guy going to take my jersey? So it's, you know, even though it's a great time for rugby, it's also very stressful as well. And, a lot of players do lose their international position during this period because you do play a lot of rugby. The intensity, as Shanks has already mentioned, in, in the derbies is intense. It is. It does go up 5-10%, I can assure you, because you know a lot of personal battles out there as well. It can really take effect on the body sometimes. So it's uh, it's an exciting period, but also you know, you're a bit mindful of those things that can happen during that time as well. I'll say it's... Nervousness, a lot of nervousness, um, because you know the big games, you know all the selectors are watching, you know places are up for grabs, and also a lot of jealousy, because some of us have mates outside rugby, and you know they're all going out on Black Friday, they're all, you know, having a massive month in December, and you can't, you know, you can't eat too much, honestly, you can't, it's not like, now you can pick at celebrations, quality street as much as you want, but you've got to be careful how much you eat, because you know, you've got a game on, on Boxing Day. You've got to be careful how much you drink. You, you've really got to look after your diet. So there was an element of feeling a little bit left out. But, you know, that's, I suppose that just comes with playing professional sport. But it certainly, I'd certainly get nervous. You know it was a big game because, you know, but, you'd have butterflies in the morning of these derbies um, because you knew the pressure was on you to perform. I'm plenty to get our teeth into and to laugh at there. Every Guinness Pro 14 game over rounds 9, 10 and 11 will be shown live by host broadcaster Premier Sports running from Boxing Day through to Saturday, January the 9th in 2021. So wherever you are in this strange Christmas period, plenty of rugby to watch. Keep listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast of course. But until next week, goodbye, happy Christmas from everyone at the Welsh Rugby Union and stay safe.